Hey guys, we'll get started in just one minute, but I wanted to give you some good news. We've got our Worship and Creative Conference coming up in October, the 23rd to the 25th, and you can join us online. So as a thank you to you, our podcast listeners, for being with us on the journey, we wanted to give you a discount, 20% off the whole online conference. Go to hillsong.com forward slash WCC and use the promo code podcast19. And now let's roll the intro. Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Hillsong Creative Podcast. I'm Rich Langton, I'm your host, and so if you're new around here, welcome. I'm always pleased to have new listeners, and if you've been listening for a while, hey, welcome back. Thanks for being on the journey with us. We are just four weeks away now from our Worship and Creative Conference. And so we're gearing up here, we're all excited, and the anticipation in the office here is building. We've been working on it for months, dreaming, planning, and scheming. And uh, man, we just can't wait for it to happen because I think it's going to be pretty special. By the time you're listening to this, the conference may be sold out. We, um, we're blessed that there's a lot of ex- enthusiasm and excitement about it. Um, but if it is, um, and you still wanted to be a part of it, you can do that by jumping on So if you go to hillsong.com forward slash WCC, you can register for our online conference, which is a full online experience. We put in just about the same amount of effort for our online experience as we do for the in the room experience. There's special sessions that we record specifically for online, as well as all of the stuff that's happening in the actual uh, arena here in Sydney. And so it's a pretty great conference. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You should check it out. Back in episode 8, we had Pastor Brian, our senior pastor here at Hillsong Church, on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, he talks about his book, There Is More, the concept of God wanting more for our lives. Really, the concept is taken from Ephesians 3, where God can do immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine. So check that one out. But today, Pastor Brian is speaking actually to our creative team. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard Hillsong music, and we're blessed that our music goes all around the world and many, many churches sing our songs on a weekly basis. But I'm often asked, what's the secret behind Hillsong music or Hillsong worship? And I would say to that, and I often do, is it's the grace of God. He has been good to us and He blesses us. But the reality is, alongside the grace of God, we have a fantastic senior pastor, Pastor Brian. His vision for the church is really what we outwork across the breadth of everything we do, including the music, including our creative team. And we wanted to give you like a sneak peek, like a fly on the wall kind of episode where you get to hear directly from our senior pastor the types of things that he says to us, things that matter to him when it comes to our creative team. So as you listen to this, wherever you find yourself as a creative, I would encourage you to hear the vision of our senior pastor and apply that to your situation. He speaks a lot to worship leaders, but it's really applicable to all of us as creatives and whatever platform you have. So as you listen, apply it to your situation. Obviously, this is very specific to our creative team and the vision we have for our church, but translate that into your situation and where you find yourself, and I hope you find it really helpful. 
All right, so I talked to Cass sometime in the last few weeks and we're talking about worship leaders and worship leading and, you know, some of the things that as senior pastor I, I want to see in our worship leaders. I, I said, well, I can't remember how it happened, but basically between us we decided I should come and just talk really practically about how I see worship leaders and worship the whole stage actually, the whole team. So I want you all to put yourself in that position. You're a worship leader so that you get the atmosphere, you get the sense, I'm including musicians and people on production and people in most areas of life and some of you younger people, some of you students, uh, it's in your heart, it's a passion to worship lead. So I think it can really help you as well. Psalm 147 verse one. I'm reading the scripture because otherwise it's not a sermon. This is pretty well the only scripture, so take it in. (laughs) Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. I love this actually, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Isn't that nice? It's pleasant and praise is beautiful. And when it comes to people attending our church, I want them to walk into an atmosphere, no matter what's going on in their world, that is pleasant. Good for the soul, great for the spirit. That is pleasant. And to be led in praises, that is beautiful. That's really what I feel we would want for our church and should be a goal for every person who's involved in leading worship. Let's believe, you know, that sometimes you can go into services. I've gone into other churches, different places, and walked in and just felt in the room, like pleasant, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool word, but felt that. And just walked in, this church where Bobby got saved in New Zealand. Now, many, many years ago in the early 70s, their worship was beautiful. And I went to, that was a big church in the city, and I went to a little church in the suburbs. We were like a little church, a little church type team, a little church type production, and the ups and downs that goes with that. And I'd walk in then, it was just so beautiful. Magnificent. Beautiful is a word that sometimes might not relate to every part of our praise and every part of our worship. But let's understand we're sitting a platform and you're sitting a platform for people who are in every stage of life, whether it's age, whether it's socio strategy, whatever, uh, rather, you know, status, where you fit into life. And it's uh, definitely when it comes to what's going on in people's worlds. There's people walking and they're desperate, absolutely desperate. Something devastating is going on in their world and they're desperate. Other people have had a particularly joyful week and walk in with a fantastic upbeat uh, countenance and they're just happy with life. And of course, everything in between. Sometimes there's people out there, husband and a wife sitting together. For all of us, it looks like everything's great, but in actual fact, they've got massive difficulties. I would say every week, every kind of person. So if we think about that and we're worshipping God, but we understand we want to really create a beautiful platform for, for the people, it makes it a really big, big responsibility. You know, to think that someone can walk into the presence of God and there is no counterfeit. There is nothing like the presence of God. They can walk into the presence of God and somehow no matter what's going on in their world, the most devastating, some people tragedies, some people heartache and separation, everyone from every walk of life 
So if we just think every single time we lead worship that there's people here from every, every angle, desperate for God, and we have the chance for them to walk into something beautiful. It's pretty powerful when you think about it. So number one, don't just lead the worship. Lead the meeting. If you lead the worship, that's what you're doing. You're leading the worship. If you're leading the meeting, you're aware of the back row. I've always said, don't just look at the front row and how well they are entering in. Let's see what's going on in the back row. That mega prayer meeting we had a couple of weeks ago was an absolutely awesome night. I mean, the presence of God was powerful. And I would say (laughs) more than pleasant, more than good, and even more than beautiful. But what I noticed at Hills was number one, people were there shockingly on time, (laughs) which is, I'm like, wow, this is revival. There really is revival in the air. But I looked up, we were in, you know, the theatre mode, so the room's a bit smaller, but it was still a big size room. And I looked up, people weren't just dancing down here. They were, and this is early in the service. They were dancing and praising way up there. And uh, that, that's amazing. And so if you ever want to gauge how you're connecting, again, don't look at the front row, although that can be pretty discouraging sometimes. <laughs> you've got to look to the second row. No, but seriously, you've got to engage a room. And that doesn't happen just by leading worship. And you have two responsibilities. One is to connect with heaven. That's the obvious one. But the second one is to connect people with heaven. And I think some people are good at the best part. You're having a lovely worship time, but it's the second part that really matters. And that is taking people on the journey with you. Do you just lead the worship? Or do you understand you lead the meeting and you can change the tone of a meeting? You can shift the atmosphere of a meeting. You can literally bring the beauty that comes with praise, the beauty that comes with worship, you can bring that into a meeting and it should never be a choice. It's actually your responsibility if you're gonna be a worship leader to know how to shift atmospheres and literally to change the tone of a meeting. So don't just lead the worship, lead the meeting. Number two, to lead the meeting, you have to read the meeting. I like that, rhymes. To lead the meeting, you have to read the meeting. Again, I think sometimes you can be oblivious. You're oblivious to actually what's really going on out there. Don't just bow to the atmosphere. Commit to changing the atmosphere. If it's the middle of winter, you've got to maybe be a bit more energetic. And the last thing you should do in the middle of winter when kids maybe you know, held parents up and everyone's got snivels and it's freezing and maybe even there's slightly less people there. I think the last thing that you should even think about doing is start with some reflective dirgy song, you know, that you think is awesome. But you've got to read the meeting. That's sensitivity. And I don't think it's even worship leaders. They're not the only ones who need to read a, a meeting. The people who are hosting an MC need to be able to read meetings. Sometimes the meeting's too hypey and you actually have to bring it down. And another time, a meeting is just far too reflective and you need to lift it up. Shifting an atmosphere is a gift. It actually is, it's a gift. If you can take a meeting and it's here and within a moment you've got it there and it doesn't necessarily mean screaming and shouting at people, 
It just means injecting yourself into the media. And if you can do that, you're always going to be better at what you do. <laughs> Let's be people who read the meeting. It would be an insult to call any singer or worship leader tone deaf, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? But uh, when it comes to the tone of a meeting, I think sometimes worship leaders are tone deaf. They can sing in pitch. It's just that they uh, seem to be deaf, you know, to what's really going on in the room. And just think about all of that. Don't bow to the season. And song selection is everything. It really is everything. Don't underestimate how important song selection is. Again, that's where being able to read a meeting and know where to inject what already is powerful in people's hearts into what is new and what is fresh and light and shade. It's, it's like if I preach and or anyone preaches and throw the monotone or they're just like, everyone's hair is back like that because they're just screaming, screaming. If you're a high-pitched screamer, don't scream, all right? Yeah. And so they're just screaming. It, both of those are going to repel people. But what we want to do is compel people. And it's the same with worship. Let's not just have a tone all the way through it. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about fast songs versus slow songs. I'm actually really talking about, well, I think... Mostly, we do it actually pretty well. The way in a lot of our songs, you just have light and shade. At one point, the musicians are right out there and powerful. The next moment, they're laid back. I'll tell you who did it well, Martin Smith, the other day. His ability to know how to basically gently lead people and know how to powerfully lead people and to do it seamlessly, uh, that's a gift. It's a gift. And I hope we can all think about that and Keep on learning that gift. I told you it was going to be practical. This is actually as good as it gets. It doesn't get any better than this. So just so you know that. Number three, be yourself, but not your melancholic self. Be your upbeat self. This platform is a melancholy-free zone. The moment you walk up those stairs, leave your mood behind. I don't want your mood up here and I don't want your worship leading to be a reflection of how you're feeling. I really don't. And so melancholy, moodiness, over-reflective. Yeah, basically, that's not the you I want to get up here. I want the you that's alive, that's upbeat, that's died to yourself and died to how you're feeling. Got to die to your moods. Keep your melancholy self off the platform. You're not here for you. You're not here to be reflective on how you're feeling. Sometimes if you are in a particular reflective or, you know, feel a little depressed or whatever else, you can, you can misread the meeting and feel that's the meeting, but it's actually not the meeting, it's you. We all walk into worship and we think, oh, this feels a bit this, this feels a bit that, uh, if we're going to sit there back and assess and judge. But often it's actually not the meeting that's the problem. It's going, what's going on in you that is projecting into the worship. And that's what I don't want to see ever in our worship leaders. I don't want you projecting out of whatever's going on in you because you're not there for you. Really, I mean, it's maybe a difficult thing to say, but the best worship leaders are invisible because our eyes are in a different place. So I don't mean literally invisible because I don't want... Uh, 
I, I, you know, I don't want wooden people up here. It's one of my points I'll get to, but, you know, I, I, it's, it's not about your mood. I think you've got that. Number four, be yourself, but be your best self. Did I always say that? Oh, your upbeat self. And I think I've covered it already. So number five, err on the side of confidence. This is a big one. Err on the side of confidence. If I'm standing at the platform and you're leading a worship and you're coming from a place of intimidation, we can't work together. It's never going to work. I want you to, if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake on the side of confidence. You know, if you step into a moment and I'm like, you know, it's not what was in my heart. I, I don't think you're ever going to get in trouble with that. But step into the gap. You've got to take the gap. Be confident. Uh, and, and you've got to lead from that place. The moment people get a little, you know, should we, shouldn't we? You know, I'm not sure, should we? The moment you do that, it's, it's just not connecting. From where I stand, and I'm sure other people who, who are speakers, preachers in our church, or, you know, people who are hosting, it's got to be seamless. There has to be the sense we are together in this, this unity. And so to me, it's not even a matter then of position. Obviously, you know, I'm an authority in that service. But the truth is that uh, I, can, I can only work with people who do not allow their nervousness or intimidation to cause them to not be there when you need them. You know, sometimes you need people to be boomph. And on that point, you know, if, if, when it comes to reading a meeting, when it comes to being there, when it comes to confidence, uh, and we're about to have an altar call, and I ask you to sing or lead worship, and you go into some song with a long sort of lead in, and then finally after seven minutes we get there, uh, it's not the right song. At that moment, we need something that basically pulls people into the moment like that, brings faith into the room, lifts the meeting, lifts the room. And so it mainly happens when I'm away and I'm working with worship leaders that I don't even know. And, you know, I so desperately need them, like I say, to step into that moment, lift the meeting. And they start on a song that people don't even know. That is an absolute killer right there. Because wherever the meeting was at, it just go, oh. And so... Think about that. Sing something you know the crowd know and you know is going to pull the crowd in. Older calls, moments like that. Yeah, you've got to fill that gap and you've got to fill it quickly and you've got to really help, help me or help whoever it is in what they're about to do next, which is minister to people, have an older call, see people saved, whatever it is. So no slow lead-ins and no songs that people hardly know. Uh, Number six, it's not your platform. You're invited onto the platform. No entitlement. No one's entitled. Entitlement, in the end of the day, is arrogance, it's pride, and it'll never actually lead people into beautiful worship. Entitlement thinks it's all about me, and they couldn't do it without me. And that's the biggest seduction that comes into whether it's songwriters. You know, I'm so good that they can't do it without me. I hate to burst your bubble, but we actually can. Yeah. And it's been proven in the past. Yeah. We actually can. Yeah. And it's the same with worship leaders. No one is here by right. Yeah. So I wrote down here in my notes, no entitlement, no presumption, 
No tantrums. I actually have been around a church life a long, long time, and I have to say I've seen it all. Not just here. I've seen people basically get sulks, storm off platforms. I've seen it all over the years. No prima donnas. No one's more special than anyone else. We're all just in this together. No counting. I've led worship last Sunday, the Sunday before, and the Sunday after, and I haven't led worship for three weeks. That's what I call comparison and counting. It ain't what it's all about. And so you know, some of you, that in your heart, you, you, your heart can go down that, that road. I'm, I'm underestimated. I'm, you know, I always seem to get the smaller service. I never get the big service. Can't be thinking like that. It's again, it's the antithesis of, uh, of unity and not making it about yourself and being a blessing. And so let's all always make sure that we don't act entitled. We're not ever presumptuous. We are not a tantrums type person. We don't um, compare. We're not a prima donna. No vanity. I'm saying it's not your platform. And no, you know, vanity is kind of pride. And you, you can't mask it. If you're not being genuine, if you're not being authentic, and it's a little all about me, you know what I'm saying? It's, it looks like what it is. It looks like you're a bit full of yourself and maybe you are just a little bit full of yourself. But I hate the opposite as well, like false humility. That bugs me so much. You know, there was a point and a time in our service, people would ask maybe some of our, our worship team or, you know, the various bands that we have that ask for photos, but they wouldn't, because you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to go down that road because it looks, it looks vain. And I'm like, man, how hard is it to stop for one second and get a photo with someone? It's not, it's not that big a deal. And maybe you can make their day. You know what I'm saying? I hate false humility as well. We are, oh, no, it's not about me. It's like, grow up, get over it. Like, oh, just take a photo and get rid of all the drama. It's a drama-free zone. So I'm still talking about it's not your platform. You know, on that subject, you know, the Scripture says to whom much is given, much is required. It's in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. To whom much is given, much is required. And you stand on this platform, you've actually been given a lot. And it means it requires a lot. Not necessarily a, a lot of hours, though that may be the case. A lot of humility. A lot of recognition that, Wow, God's entrusted me with this. And a, a real sense of weightiness is a good thing. Of the weightiness of it. That's a fact. That's the truth. And you can be so familiar, you lose sight of that. You can completely lose sight of what God's given us. And what God's given us is not natural. It's not something you can do through marketing. It's not through, it's literally God's smile and God's kiss and His grace on our church. And so... By our church, I mean our platform. And so whether you're preaching, whether you're just hosting a service, whether you're leading the worship, whether you're playing the keyboard or you're in the back row of the choir, just being on that platform is a huge privilege and we need to remember that. And we need to act like that as well. So I think with everyone, especially if you've, you know, God's really lifted trajectory of your life. Everyone 
needs to just keep on remembering from whence you came. Because I've seen the devil seduce people so often. And it usually starts relatively harmless. Just make it about the wrong things. So you can justify what you're making it about. And it's seductive. You get seduced by the accolades. And you're going to get plenty because of what worship does in people's spirit. When you lead worship, people feel something. They sense something. And so they look and can think, wow, I love that person leading worship. And they make it about you. And so don't let accolades get to your head and don't let criticism get to your heart. You've got to be constant. And you've got to remember from whence you came. And you know you, you know what you go home with. You've got to go home with yourself. So let's not play, play pretend and make believe and somehow start strutting. You may not be strutting as in literally physically, but on the inside, just start strutting. Start feeling like you're somebody. And you are, but only because of who you are in Christ. That's, that's the only reason. Same with me. It's the same with every single one of us. So we just have to keep remembering that. Number seven, a big platform. Yes, I said it's weighty, but you can actually make it bigger. You can actually elevate it. How do you elevate a meeting Well, or a platform? Number one, you make sure that whoever comes up after you, what the platform they walk onto, talking about the spirit, the atmosphere, the faith, the leaning, the platform that they walk into is a better platform than maybe where the service started or what you walked into. So that's a lot of what you're doing. Worship is important, it's powerful, it's significant, it's obviously what we're known for, but it's never just about the worship unless it's a touching heaven worship night. You can make it so that by the time whoever's speaking walks onto that same platform, that the meeting at the beginning of the platform was kind of here. By the time they walk on there, and that's the goal. Yes. Leave the meeting in better hands or in a better place yes. with a better spirit, more of a leaner, more of a sense of faith than what you started with. Yes. The, ability, the, the best worship leaders, I think, best singers are not always the best worship leaders, you know that. Because yes. best worship leaders are people who can lift a meeting, pull a whole crowd in, change something in a moment, that's the best worship leaders. That's a gift that you need to really pray God will put on your life. Some people, they can sing beautifully. They can sing really beautifully. They're, they're good. They're, you know, they do a, a good, solid, great job. But they don't seem to have that gift of taking something and putting it in a better place. You know, I said to you, be yourself, and I still say that. Don't try to be Taya. You're not Taya. Don't try to be Joel Houston. You're not Joel Houston. You don't. Don't try to be Brooke. You're not Brooke. I'm not saying you're better or worse. I'm just saying you're not. But you make a mighty good you. But all those three people I mentioned, and I could add a few more names, all of them know, not just because of their singing gift, but because of the way they lean in. D, D, especially in more recent times. <laughs> that authority that she's you know, really brought into what she's doing. Now, godly confidence, that's what shifts a meeting. Now, you've got to be you. You can't be any of those people. Yeah. But man, if you can get that gift, yeah. it's actually more important than your singing. Yeah. 
So you can make it a better platform. I, I said you can raise the platform. Number eight, keep practising, get better. No matter how good you are, get better. Don't forget the lyrics. <laughs> I get amazed when Darlene was here, I got shocked when I found out she was getting singing lessons. I mean, the one thing Darlene could do unbelievably well is sing. By the way, she was also an awesome, and is an awesome worship leader. And I would say most of these things that I'm talking about, Darlene does all those things. But um, I was amazed when at one stage I heard she was getting singing lessons. I'm thinking, you, you know, like, doesn't matter who you are, practice. Know the words, don't rely on a screen to remember the words. Practice, put the work in, invest. If your gift is from God and you want to make the best of it, then never be too proud to get help. Put your hand up, get better and, uh, and practice. I do it every, every day in the shower. <laughs> I practice. I sound so good in the bathroom. I really do. And then I walk out and something happens. It's like the mental falls and slips. And <laughs> it's just never quite the same. <laughs> and so this one's very important. You ready? Awareness. No in-ear bubbles. You see, for example, if I'm up there with the worship team and they've all got the advantage of being on in-ears, sometimes people are lost in that bubble and they lock themselves out of real world and real world's where the rest of us are. And so even if I just want to say hi or, you know, suggest something in a meeting while someone else is talking, so I'm talking, but they've always got to pull this out. And I'm like, you're not actually singing right now. Why don't you already have it out? And, and join, now there might be a reason that I'm not aware of. Obviously, I don't understand the technology of it, but I just know that there have been instances where, well, I'll give you the example. So a couple of weekends, two or three weekends ago, I spoke in the city on Saturday night, hills on Sunday night, and basically turned the meeting up identically in both meetings. Turned it upside down and service got to the point where time was gone and we, you know, gave people the opportunity to leave. But I said, um, but if you want to lean in, we're just going to keep worshipping. And it was beautiful. It was powerful in the city. It was beautiful. 98 or 90% of people stayed and it was beautiful. Said exactly the same thing at Hills the next night. I says, if you need to go get your kids, whatever, you're welcome. We're just going to keep worshipping. Why don't you stay with us? We're going to worship on. And they got one of the young guys out, which is all too predictable, who starts singing some young and free song. I'm like, what happened? A few thousand people there wanting to worship. Ultimately, someone wasn't listening. And that's what I call you're in the in-ear bubble. You've got to listen, get out there in the real world. So that those of us who are actually in charge and leading, who's not in your in-ear bubble, can lead you properly. Excuse me if I'm a little direct. Number 10, don't be tired. It's your responsibility to turn up fresh. If you are tired, you're going to look tired, tired. you're going to sound tired, you're going to sing tired, and you can't give your best. So sometimes maybe you've got a, a kid that woke up at 3.30 in the morning and it's kind of not your fault and we, we've got to learn how to be on 
than every single other time you just stayed up too late and you just weren't disciplined and we're going to bring our best. If you're tired, even the best singers, um, you can actually lose pitch. Have you ever done it? Have you ever listened to yourself? You'll grimace sometimes and especially if you're tired or if something's not working because when you're in a green room, it doesn't hide anything. In other words, you're out in a production room, or you're out, you know, you're out, you're not actually in the room. In the room, it can be a little bit masked because of, it's part of a whole, but sometimes, you know, the monitor doesn't lie. So I'm not criticising people and making you feel bad. I'm saying bring your fresh best and practise and make sure you're on your game and be committed to keeping on getting better and better and better and better. Number 11, no statues, no statues, no woodenness, no wooden worship leaders, no wooden bass players. Don't act like a session player. You're the worship leader too. You're leading the worship from there, you're leading the worship from there, you're leading the worship from there. So don't behave like a session player, a musician, because the difference is if a session player is behind a star, they're supposed to be understated. You know, it's all about the star, but we don't have stars. So everybody is a worship leader. And uh, even coordination challenge people like me can at least bend your knees or do something, you know. So. No woodenness. Because you look nervous, you look intense, and you actually look like you can't play very well. Bluff everybody. Act like you're awesome. <laughs> Seriously though, I think everyone's got to take responsibility for your, your demeanour, your personality, uh, sorry, your persona, and contribute to the meeting. Don't just be a brilliant musician. Be a brilliant worship leader. Uh, number 11, 12. Dress up, not down. Don't let your self-esteem Dictate the way you look. And I mean that if you're not happy with your size, you're not happy with your weight, not happy with your size, not happy about, you know what? You can look awesome. And I would encourage everyone, dress up. Look cool. Don't have your eyes covered in a cap. Dress like you feel like a million bucks and you'll conduct yourself like a million bucks. This is the last one. Come ready, number 13, come ready. Prayed up, fired up, and I added it again, dressed up. That doesn't mean you have to wear a three-piece suit, but you should wear a two-piece suit. (laughs) Only frocks and dresses. I'm joking now, you know that. (laughs) I'm kidding now, but honestly, I really do think that we should always be lifting the game with the way we present. I think it is important. And there's room for everybody, every size, every shape, every, everything. There's room for everybody, but I want all of you to look your best self. And, uh, and, and it's fantastic, it's awesome. So again, you know, I'm pretty blunt at times like this. It's like you're in one of our staff meetings because that's kind of how it is every week. But, but um, you're, you're hugely appreciated. You're hugely appreciated. And again, if I could just say it one more time, uh, let's understand it's on us to respect the platform God's given us and to make it the very best it can be.
And that way, I'm going to believe with you that all of our best days are still ahead of us. They're not behind us. So I'm done, Cass. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little sneak peek into Team Night and into Pastor Brian's worldview and the way he sees creativity, worship and the church. So for us here at Hillsong Creative, we're going to take that message and we're going to be applying that. That was like a signature message. Pastor Brian doesn't come that regularly to team nights, but when he does, we want to take everything that he has to say. We want to listen to it, apply it, really um, contextualize it across the breadth of our team. And so I would encourage you to do the same. Listen to what he's saying and contextualize that. Some of that will be just applicable to us and not to you, but some of it, at least the heart of what he's saying, will apply to you and your creativity to your team, no matter where you find yourself. So don't just copy what we're doing, but maybe, um, you know, find the bits that apply to you. And I would encourage you to grab hold of those and um, really work them into your team and into your situation. And maybe if it helps, don't just keep it to yourself. Maybe share it with your team. Maybe you could gather together, listen together and chat about it. That's actually what we've been doing across the breadth of our global campuses. A lot of our teams, they listen together to the podcast and they apply the things that make sense to their local campus. So perhaps you can do the same and I hope that it's really helpful. Hey, special thanks to Pastor Brian for coming to Team Night and for encouraging us like he does. I don't know if you'll hear this, but I always want to acknowledge his leadership and honour him in all the part that he plays in it all. And also to you guys for listening. Thank you so much. We are so encouraged by the fact that you listen and we're grateful that you'd be a part of this journey with us. We we pray constantly that these episodes and this podcast is useful to you. And we're so grateful for the feedback that you give us. And we're glad that you guys are on the journey with us. That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful for your journey. If you haven't already, I'd love to take a minute just to encourage you to subscribe. When you do that, you become part of our growing community of creatives who are trying their best to live out their faith through their creativity. So join us anywhere you find your podcasts, subscribe, and then you won't miss out on anything. And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the podcast and it lets us know what you think, what you're enjoying and where we can go with the podcast in the future. Aside from that, you can write to me on Twitter or Instagram at Rich Langton and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.